So we're pulling together all people. I've talked to the presiding judge at the King County Superior Court, Sean O'Donnell, presiding judge at the Municipal Court. I've talked to Pete Holmes and Dan Satterberg and Dow Constantine. Man, she's been having some meetings. <laughs> bring everyone together so we don't have those gaps in the system. And we can really determine, first, who are those people that really are a public safety risk? And oh, how the do gaps. We make sure she meant we, people we not in prison. justice intervention that addresses that public safety risk and has accountability. Who are those people that may need an intervention, but that really need significant either uh, drug or substance abuse help, mental health, and other accountability So, mental help. It's like it was a gift to us. I feel like every characterization of Mayor Jenny we've done in like the near year of this podcast is basically like her talking about putting meetings together yeah, with that's, people that and is stakeholders. Her thing. This is the main crux of what she's like. This is this is it. I'm laying this. This is why I'm going on TV to yeah. announce. Yeah, gonna have some conversations, but like not just meet one-on-one with somebody else, oh, like a conference no. call or even around a conference table. Nah. And I, maybe this is going too far. I'm just reporting to you what it made me think of. <laughs> just just uh, free association yeah. off the top of my head. I, I just couldn't help just her listing those people off. I was just picturing them around the conference table in my head from that HBO film conspiracy where Kenneth Branagh is oh. Reinhard Heydrich <laughs> and Stanley Tucci is Adolf Eichmann. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they gather all the stakeholders uh-huh. together. Yeah, anyway, for a little, a little tiny meeting. <laughs> oh, like that's its Holy own shit. its own independent good. <laughs> uh. Well, it kind of sounded like her cadence was like she's making a little pizza pie. She's like, we got the Pete Holmes <laughs> and the Dow Constantine. Welcome back to Seattle Sucks, a podcast about hating the city we love. This is Colin. I'm aboard the SS Nyad. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm joined by none other than the captain, Greg. (laughs) Yeah, I am here. I'm Greg. Yeah. Thank you for um, taking the vessel out. (laughs) Yeah, we're out. We're out. We're in the we're in the very we're in the middle of Lake Washington. We are anchored somewhere off a certain island. We won't say which. <laughs> um, have you ever seen Lost World? <laughs> it's kind of like that, oh. but we're not at liberty to disclose uh, our whereabouts or the goings ons on this this vessel. Yeah, no, it's funny though. I was just talking to my buddy Ben the other day on the boat about where we should go in the Puget Sound when we take the boat, when we take it out. And um, McNeil Island was like, we're like, let's sneak onto McNeil Island. Let's just drop anchor and, like, you know. Just... <laughs> well, everyone's saying it. I mean, <laughs> that is the destination this summer, I think. Yeah, perfect. So wait, uh, what the hell were we just listening to? Um, Someone had a really, a really nice recipe yeah, passed recipe. down about pizza, I yeah. think. A political pizza? Process pizza. A process pizza. It was like the Domino's tracker. Uh, we got to, you know, see the pizza get, get oh, made in real time. If that would get you a promotion at City Hall, that <laughs> analogy alone. 
just like, no, what if we could, what if we could see the process on a public like dashboard? Hell yeah. Like as it happens. How this, the, how this... the politics get made. Oh, call it sausage factory. <laughs> you know, I've been wanting to pitch to you that we should start a new Twitter account that only comes up with um, ideas from the Innovation Advisory Council. Oh, I like this. Maybe this could be one of those. Yeah, Sausage Factory, the app. <laughs> I like it. Seattle politics. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so we were listening to Jenny. Oh, I don't. I don't even know where to start with this shit because okay, so so you all probably heard all two hours, every minute of our uh, response to the Como like shit stain um made by the other como shit stain it's like when a shit stain leaves a shit stain you Ooh. get seattle is dying the is that, como documentary is that shitception <laughs> because i know you did listen to all two hours you got to the end mm-hmm. um where we learn uh i mean i don't i didn't i don't want to spoil it except well we know you listen yeah oh yeah that's right everyone <laughs> definitely listened to all two hours so it doesn't matter that i spoil it now Please pause <laughs> this podcast and return to the previous yes, episode do if it. you did not finish it. Because the takeaway essentially is prison. Yes. Put all these people, the homeless, addicts, essentially uh, the poor and the indebted, what, whatever, yeah. someone you don't like, just put them in prison. It's a, it's just a hospital that you're not allowed to leave. We we understood. We spent a lot of time just ripping that apart, as did a lot of other people. Oh, totally. Um, This has dominated the, the conversation for weeks and it's gone national to a to a certain degree they yeah. you know some of those figures have been on um national news you know well, fox oh, news and yeah shit. so that it's this right-wing trash you know it's this very hand-wringy like and concerned tone but it's really saying there's no other possible solution the reason you know there's all this horrible garbage on the street is because the city isn't doing anything about it like throwing people in prison basically that's that's all it is yeah it's not that i want to go into more detail on this and we're not going to i mean it's gonna come up listen if you are a seattleite maybe you've lived here your whole life maybe you're new in town but maybe you think of seattle as a liberal progressive city with certain values and you think of our politics as being dominated by good progressive liberals and maybe you know you even think of mayor jenny as a sort of bumbling ineffectual and incomprehensible good progressive liberal i mean let's not get carried away um but (laughs) you know maybe you think of her that way maybe Mm -hmm. you think about the democratic party a certain way again good liberals who care about the world and whatever and and have the smart answers to things and are you know just on the the not dumb politics the politics of not doing stupid things and getting the experts in and doing the right thing whatever Mm -hmm. just highlight here this this awful right-wing documentary blows up and it's so fucking predictable, but the only possible response, it's its so obvious, we, we could have seen this coming, that City Hall makes is to basically just eat it. Yeah. They just ate it. Yeah. They ate it. They just swallowed the yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. They said, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, you're right. Um, also, our bad. <laughs> and we are going to now conform to your politics. Yes. And this is what the Democrats do. So let's just walk through it here. So... It's all on tape, the basic gist, her in the morning out on Q13 Fox is, wants to get it all out there, the response, this is, you know, 
reacting to a message. It's out there in the media, all the this, again, what we just said, right-wing shit that, you know, also offers nothing, you know, in the way of, like, possible systemic causes of these things. Right. It's all shrugs when it comes to that. Yeah. But they're out there. She's out there. She's ready to hit back to, to or to respond anyway, in a full interview with Brandy Cruz on Q13. The city's soul is dying. Some people took issue with that title. What do you think? Is Seattle dying? This is her response, you know, to is Seattle dying? Seattle's not dying. Look, we, um, it reminds me a little bit of Mark Twain when he was visiting Europe. <laughs> people thought he had died and newspapers ran the story and he wrote back saying, you know, reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. We're a city that's oh the fastest God. <laughs> still. We have thousands of people moving here. Oh my God. Okay. It's like you couldn't write that you couldn't write like an idiot public speaker like someone like literally not even just like quoting the cliche but literally having to tell the story because what does that mean what does that tell us what she's saying in this very unaffect non-effective very confused in her black hole of charisma she's like in there somewhere compressed by the gravity of her lack of charisma she's saying well, this is all much ado about nothing. After that sort of embarrassing uh, literary uh, reference, she <laughs> she goes in to basically um, concede all the points. She acknowledges, and I think we heard this in the, the previous thing, you know, there are gaps in the system. They're talking about the Darker Man as a whole a lot, but they talk about the bullshit hundred person, yeah. totally like cobbled together, non-scientific, yeah. just Scott, utterly... Scott Lindsay's little pet project yeah his list of a hundred prolific offenders and mm. like we go back you know again you heard our last episode where that among all the other topics we took that on and you know it, it's just bullshit but it's bullshit because like there are larger systemic things to talk about that you can address when someone throws that kind of shit in your face that oh my god what people are being arrested and they're not changing into <laughs> or it's not like a totally effective system. Yeah, Our criminal right. justice system doesn't work for any positive outcome. <laughs> I guess it's the basic gist of the list of yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, people continue to commit, quote, crimes, yeah. uh, which again are like... Property crimes. It's a lot of Michigas, um, yeah. but whatever. We don't need to get into that even. But the point is, she does. She offers no real critique of that. Of the list in particular, there's like, a, well, actually, we have some issues with that, but the truth is, and goes in to say, support the basic gist of like, yes, there are, you know, there are these criminals out there who are not being intercepted or like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Basically is saying the criminal justice system doesn't work, but we, that's, we need to, you know, get our heads together yeah. for more enforcement. To basically. fill those gaps. She legitimates the whole, this whole right-wing critique that yes. instead of trying to talk about the issue in a larger way... Which her, which Pete Holmes did and was cited in the documentary, sadly. Yeah, yeah like, right? He defends he defend, the right. position. Right, that you, that this is bull, you can't yeah. just arrest people for this bullshit, yeah. these drug crimes, it doesn't okay? Work. Yeah. It doesn't work and it's fucking wrong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but she doesn't defend that. She's not going to come and go. Yeah, this is the policy because your right wing frame of punitive enforcement to solve our social problems like addiction is fundamentally broken and evil. And also, by the way, doesn't work because we've been doing it for 
fucking half a century in earnest and, you know, in other ways before that. No, she doesn't offer any of these critiques. <laughs> She's just like, I'm sorry. Basically, I'm sorry those hundred people are in prison and all the others who are slipping through our fingers. <laughs> Our gaps. So my point is to say, if you're sitting there thinking that Seattle is this liberal city and that our politics are the are progressive, that Seattle is a progressive city, that our politics are essentially progressive, um, and that maybe you don't know specifically, or but you assume our democratic, quote, socially liberal mayor is, again, progressive. I just want to break that apart. What this shows is, so first of all, it's politically it's politically naive. It's like this is what liberal democrats do and have done for decades all over the country. We just do it really well here, which is you give the right wing the argument. Yeah. You immediately the second you just they fold. get any traction on anything. Yeah. You fold, you you just cave on every level. You cede the entire argument to the right wing frame and then that's what you're arguing. <laughs> like you're arguing on yeah. their terms on every level, right. so it's politically stupid. Okay, that's number one. Yeah, and and this we don't. It's not just in Seattle. This is no. the Democratic no, this Party. This was Obama. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over and over and over again, and and it's this stra- It's a strategy that goes back to you know the 1980s. This is the New Democrats. But we don't need to get into all right. this. But this is this is state. This is like in a lot of ways stated. We'll we'll get into it a little. They wanted to win back reagan fucking democrats and this you know yes, whatever right. and that's a bullshit that itself is a bullshit right-wing frame that the democrats like gary hart and bill clinton ate up yeah and the third whatever, way this is the third way the, the third way yeah. but it doesn't stop there what you think of as seattle progressivism and democratic party liberalism it gets worse okay <laughs> because once she's seated the entire argument she offers up what she has come on tv to offer up and it's what we played in the first thing she's like listen there's a real problem here we are letting these criminal the criminal class slip through our fingers and we're not intervening enough and my solution what i'm gonna do is get everybody in a room <laughs> she you you know what we were just talking about she'd yeah. listen up judges and prosecutors all the law enforcement getting in the heads with all the executives you know, Dow Constantine, her, and Pete Holmes, and blah, blah, blah. And it is like a parody of what... I mean, it is our parody of her. Um, yeah. Like, they're all they're all going to get together in the Reinhard Heydrich multimedia <laughs> amphitheater. You know? New, you know, and they're, they're going to cut a ribbon. Yeah, they're not going to emerge until they get a consensus. Or whatever. I mean, yeah. because what's what she's saying is like, we need to come together to agree on in what specific ways are we going to prosecute people more heavily. Announcing you're going to talk about something, there's a reason this is a at least 100, probably 150 year old cliche of like political hackery. Yeah. Like this is like the political, the ineffective or corrupt political like villains or punching bags in a hack movie this go like a blue ribbon commission we're gonna uh-huh. get together and study yeah. the issue this is the oldest most exposed hack politics trick in the book this is literally everyone knows by osmosis and just <laughs> rational just emotion mm-hmm. that this is horseshit and this is no way to actually run anything or get anything done this is who these people are well yeah this is her impulse this is her big gun that's where she goes she, she came here to say that yeah this is she really believes that 
the right minds meet in the Ted Bundy room. But and why, right? Why? Why is it about getting the people together? Because that these again, this this is so neoliberal, right? This yeah. is the wonk. This yep. is the politics are not real and if we get the adults in a room and keep the children out, the ideologues then we can find our common ground. Uh, we'll, we'll f- and we'll find the smart solutions. So exactly, this is basically yes. management training. Totally. This is risk totally. avoidance. It's all about corporate yeah. management. Ex- exactly. And, and I, I mean, sorry, before we go on, yeah. we talked about this a little bit before we started taping, but it feels to me like there's something cynical here too, potentially, as we've seen, all these commissions and groups and councils are formed and nothing ever happens so it's hard not to look at this and go okay well maybe this is just her essentially doing a customer service thing and saying caller i hear you yeah i think that would if she was a right like an out and out right winger if she was a republican i would say that was the The that's how i would interpret that but she's a managerial liberal This is their politics, right? It's get the experts. It's like what you said. Get the experts in the room. Um, yeah. It's... But it goes nowhere in this town. It's yeah, produced th- nothing. That's how dumb they are, right? <laughs> that's how dumb they are. They believe this. To the managerial liberal, you're getting together in a room to come up with the expert smart solution because it's about it's about intelligence and management and solutions because it's not about politics because there's a political reaction to this that's to actually announce what we need to do and in this case just let's say the hundred names or whatever and the the letting you know repeat offenders slip through the cracks there is a real position to take that she could say we're going to do this we're going to prosecute all these drug crimes more heavily or she could say, no, that's awful. That's, you know, we're not doing this for a reason because it's stupid. You know, on some gut level, I think it is a deflection, but I think it's important to understand that they really believe that those two things don't exist. There's a compromise in there. There's the smart. All they can see is if there's two positions, those are the two most extreme positions, right? <laughs> doesn't matter where they really fall or how different they even are. Right, right. So in between, there has to be this centrist compromise position that if we just get, like you said, the adults in the room, then we get there. And the effect is just, I think she really believes this, but she seem, she's just, even to people who agree with her, to liberals in this town, you know, it just does seem so ineffectual and hapless and stupid yeah absolutely and i think you've touched on something pretty profound there about her inability to lead yeah her impulse is to delegate it is it is middle management style leadership yeah Yeah. because just like you said to facilitate her exactly her job i thought was to define the direction but that's not how she's thinking about this. Again, that what you're talking about is politics. Right. Well, These people right. do not fundamentally right. down to their core. It's not even. It's not just a strategy. They it. They believe this. This is who the De- the Democratic Party wanted to remake themselves like this. So they went out and found weird ass people like Jenny Durkin over decades, and now that's who runs the party. Um, people who are lo- who believe in just facilitating ideas you know <laughs> like who yes. have no moral center who have no analysis or politics about anything who can't actually look at an issue and tell you something straight because not because they're deflecting because they really don't 
believe anything. Right. She doesn't believe that we're not that the drug war is this terrible thing and that we need to legalize all drugs. She also doesn't believe we should throw all <laughs> all every you know one strike every any possible yeah. undesirable element in prison. Right. She just thinks. There's some compromise. There's some smart <laughs> compromise. There's no morality in it. There's no analysis uh-uh. of no. oppression no. in there. It's all that, pragmatism. Right. If there's someone out there saying that the carceral state is an obscene thing that has put an, an absurd number of people in prison, which yeah. it has, yeah. because we, we, we imprison more people than any country in the world. Right. And then that just means that's... That's the farthest extreme in one place. <laughs> that that's how all they define is by whatever the uh-huh. arguments are at the time. Yeah, those are must be the extremes. Totally, because those th- they just look at the window. They're the only people who actually <laughs> fully in- internalize the Overton window. Okay, yeah. of expect ex- acceptable discourse. You're, They're not trying yes. to move that window. No, they're trying to exist in that window. This is the result of. When you're, if you're trying to find that middle ground between these extreme, you know, what you think of as extreme positions, because they're the only ones you've heard of, um, and they're the only ones you're hearing out there. If you just just define the entire moral universe as what's like in the conversation politically, right, and that, and define as an axiom that whatever's a, a smart technocratic compromise in the middle of that must be is the correct answer. <laughs> This is their theory of politics. Yeah. If that is the way you look at it, then in our current political, like, of, of the last generation, like our current political moment where the left was stamped out and the right has been ascendant all this time, mm-hmm. overall, what the Democrats and liberals like this have done is move the conversation to the right because th- that's where the this window was. It right. was ever farther right. So they just want to be in the center of yeah. whatever the window is. Yeah. They're going to just keep moving to the right. And she was a person who was cultivated by the Democratic Party to be in one um, um, one among them, and that's that's who that's where she is. So it's not just that she's making these; it's not just that individuals are making these decisions as each issue comes up. She's her politics are where they are because that's where the Democratic Party is. That's why she exists. That's why we know her name. Right. I think there's a, an element of something that Thomas Frank addresses in Listen Liberal here too, where the these democrats feel like they have captured the left as well so they don't because they know that the the true left would never vote for a right. conservative ever and so they take our votes for granted essentially yeah and so they never have to move left or so they think because they're only concerned about the people on that that margin where where the where they believe the the two poles this, abut. Yeah, and this explains the sort of the really like harsh reaction to the new like leftists who've won office in yes. through running in democratic primaries. Um, that this is just like coming out of nowhere for them and scares the <laughs> shit out of them. So okay, so politically stupid. Yeah. Actual policy is laughable managerial horseshit. Right. Yeah. A lot of nothing. So then you're asking yourself, okay, again, you're a Seattle, like, liberal, this is a progressive city, asking yourself, what, like, but why can't they just be better? Why can't we tell them? Why, you know, why can't they see this? Why don't they learn these lessons? Like, not just Mary Jenny, but over time, and Mary Jenny over her career, or someone else who could have run. Why is this 
the way it is. And we've touched on this a little, but the ultimate reason is that they are essentially conservative. Yes. Now, we've been talking about, you know, them being centrist on this, inside this Overton window, the, the range of acceptable political discourse, okay? But we've said it's continually moved right over our lifetime. What that means is, again, all these people can see is whatever is in the conversation. That's how they define themselves, mm -hmm. where they would put themselves on a political spectrum, as if whatever's in the conversation now is the absolute farthest <laughs> right or left. If we're going to you uh -huh. know, boil this down to yeah. a traditional left-right spectrum. Yeah. But that's bullshit. There are historical and theoretical left-right extremes and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And as we've just said, this country's acceptable discourse has for a long time been well to the right of center. Yeah. We're a brutal global military fascist empire that, you know, imprisons and a around the world and a brutal police state that murders people for walking down the street and fucking incarcerates more people than ever with a specifically racist tinge to all of that, yeah. okay? Yeah. This is a really shitty right-wing country. And the Democratic Party and people like Mayor Jenny, even though you may think of them as, you know, nice Seattle progressives, again, they've defined themselves against... You know, just what's ex been acceptable discourse over our generation. Now, it's opening up on the left now, but the these people, this generation's already moved there. Yeah. They exist. Again, Jenny only exists as who she is because the Democratic Party sought out right. to turn more conservative on a number of very specific issues a long time ago. We were not going to get into the economic ones, though that was a huge part of that. Abandoning, specifically, vocally abandoning the New Deal, turning right. fiscally conservative, caring about deficits, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at the same time, they went... Tough on crime, specifically. And you get the crime bill under Clinton that all these, you know, yeah, all the Democrats are for, you know, in the presidential race now. We're talking, dredging up all this shit, Joe Biden, like, yeah. the things he Had said in support hands. of yeah, yeah. that bill and other things and that whole conversation in the 90s about it, it really reprehensible. And it's why we have all these people in prison now. Like, in, just an incredible number of people in prison for nonviolent crimes. Huge numbers of them for, yeah, like, marijuana possession. Yeah. And largely, these are people of color. Yeah. This is a specific... Whatever the Democrats themselves, their, you know, and I think it's a there's a range. Whatever their intentions of going... I think they're just uh, craven, their original move to the right. But the effect that the state, our white supremacist state... The, what it used that for, because they essentially collaborated with Republicans on moving yeah. on introducing this these new this new harsher criminal justice system, this new more punitive criminal justice system, new laws that made it easier to prosecute people and put people away for way longer. You know, in the most of the rest of the world, a life sentence means twenty five years, and it's literally impossible to keep someone in prison longer than that. <laughs> yeah, like that just. Did you know that? Yeah. Also, none of the developed world has death sentence. Right. Um, most places don't have solitary confinement. Yeah, it was absolutely live in a disgusting, abusive police state. Um, and again, we're talking about largely people of color here because oh, yeah. be by collaborating with the Republicans on this, but with the fucking South, like and the racist white supremacist element, to whatever degree the Democrats were also that. That's how it was used. It was used to oppress basically black communities. Someone like Mayor Jenny comes from that. The Democratic Party cultivated people to be that. 
They were like, we need to be tougher on crime. That's the way there's not going to be another Ronald Reagan. Whoops, didn't matter. I mean, <laughs> I mean literally like... Uh, they still haven't learned. That's so Eight funny. years later, George, you know, after finally yeah. this strategy won in, you know, four years after the crime bill, uh, <laughs> George W. Bush was elected. <laughs> Fucking idiots. People like Jenny were cultivated, meaning... They, they were grown in a lab. Pe- yes, they were. She was well. She was assembled in a lab. I'm pretty sure. Um, they look. She is a prosecutor. Yeah. That's she is a cop. She is the kind of person they went out looking for to grow as Paul to attach to get them in the system to grow them in their career as Democrats. They did this all over the country, and prosecutors was the thing. We want to get these people in. We want to help them run as prosecutors and and develop these these bona fides as tough on crime by throwing the book at everybody who came into the system. And this has been what we've talked about this. We talked about this last week. This is what we do in this country now. And this, in large part, is due to the Democratic Party's turn on this in the '90s. This for specifically craven political ends, which they admit over and over again. In order to win, we need to show ourselves to be tough on crime. So they cultivated all these people. Kamala Harris is running now for president and is a possible frontrunner because she's got a lot of the Democratic Party support. She's another person like Jenny Durkin who was groomed for elected office as elected and appointed prosecutors. Jenny Durkin went the federal route. She was a federal prosecutor mm-hmm. appointed by Democrats. And these people are cops who were the people, the people who decided to put all these people in prison, this massive prison population we have that dwarfs anyone on the planet per capita. It's largely Democratic prosecutors because you're talking about mostly urban populations that these people come from, which are mostly Democratic prosecutors in America. And... These people have now for decades, every possible thing, everything you could dread, any law you could find to put someone away for 5, 10, 15 years or life, that's what they've done. All in service of being able to say, in election time, we're tough on crime. Now that's not to say these individual people, like a Kamala Harris or a Jenny Durkin, are like in on that electoral conspiracy and like are in on those meetings. That's not how politics works. Right. That's No, the Democratic Party, the people who did think this and who have said it, went out looking for people who thought like Kamala Harris and Jenny Durkin, people who wanted to throw the book at people as Democrats. And they were like, you, we're going to help you get somewhere. Okay? <laughs> and now Jenny Durkin is mayor of Seattle. And if the world continues at its uh, pace, uh, we may see a President Kamala Harris sometime in the future, mm. having not ever denounced her role in incarcerating enormous amounts of people in, in California. And in, even after courts demanded that they release a bunch of people, demand that they all stay there because we needed their... Because California needed their cheap labor. Their <laughs> dollar an hour labor. Um, whatever. Cool. Um, that's the kind of people we're talking about here. Yeah. these are the. This is what the Democratic Party is. It's what... And Seattle's no different. Uh... Just how galling is all is all this, is her saying this, if you think about the fact that there are people out there in America today working hard politically, activists and other politicians out there trying to change the conversation on dismantling our punitive carceral system that in, 
incarcerates people at an absurd rate. Mm-hmm. There are people out there doing that work. And here is Jenny Durkin in a perfect opportunity, an elected Democrat in prog- supposedly progressive Seattle. Right. And no, she does not take that bait. No. The thing is, ultimately, Seattle is very liberal. That just doesn't mean what you think it means. Right. Liberalism can mean a lot of things in a lot of contexts. At its base, it just means republicanism and free trade. So <laughs> add, you That sounds that, like the third way to that, me. Add, add to that whatever you want Yeah. Um, in whatever political context. How do you come back at this? And I mean, what you may say is, well... Yeah, but in Seattle, okay, we may have, and Jenny may have, and we as a city may have some of these blind spots here, and maybe she's not perfect on this issue, but uh, socially liberal. She's steadfast and supportive, like, LGBTQ issues. It is a, I think, undeniably good thing to have LGBT people represented in positions of power, mm-hmm. whereas previously, at least out people we're not able to do that, and this is uh, a step in the right direction. I'm not going to use the word progress, but a, a political, because it's not progress, it's a political fight that has been won, or and is being won, yeah. slowly. Yeah. Um, it's not something that's guaranteed. It takes someone working for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever Durkin's personal record, and, you know, the, her personal sort of biography, the Democrats just are not... They don't have any of that stuff to stand on either. Okay, so I've been theoretically talking to some Seattle liberal progressive. Um, if you're a, if you're on the younger side, if you're our age or younger, you may not, depending on how, if you're a little younger than us, maybe you weren't necessarily paying a ton of attention until after to the 2008 election. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't remember that the last Democrat who won the office of the presidency in election one Barack Obama, ran for president the first time as a Christian who was against gay marriage, sort of tepid on LGBT uh-huh. issues in yeah. general. Yeah. Of course, going any farther back than that, and really the Democrats are absolutely against all that stuff. The Defense of Marriage Act, you know, yeah. um, Clinton was against all this, also did Don't Ask, Don't Tell in the military, right. which yeah. set issues back. So Obama came around in 2012, Hillary Clinton in 2013 and finally and then you say yeah but now we have this gay friendly country well that's only because of the supreme court finally did something that these democrats didn't actually do shit the supreme court stepped in and that only happened because the mood of the country had drastically shifted over decades yeah and the last few steps were the highest ranking democrats finally coming along but the democrats didn't do shit to make that happen. That was a 50-year project of gay rights activists that moved this conversation, usually in opposition to almost all Democrats everywhere. Even <laughs> Dianne Feinstein, yeah. who is still the, the thousand-year-old senator from California. She was mayor of San uh, Francisco. Yeah. She vetoed the uh, domestic partnership provision, some bill in uh-huh. the city council that would have allowed within the city visitation rights stuff, all that sort of discriminatory, or mm-hmm. maybe uh, probably because it's just a city, it probably didn't like sort of ameliorate all those things, but yeah. in a lot of ways. Anyway, whatever it would have done, it was very symbolic, and it passed in the San Francisco city council, and she vetoed it. Now, now today, now f- almost 40 years later, well, if you look at her record recently and the stuff she'll have on her website, she'll talk about, oh, no, she's a staunch defender of LGBT rights. Now that they are basically enshrined in law and all the country yeah, agrees with them. it's easy. 
but she didn't she was she came along in very small steps despite literally being from the capital of gay america (laughs) okay so these are the people we're talking about they're They're, status quo yeah they're not moving anything except to the right only when the culture changes around them will they go and then take credit for that change there are still democrats in the House of Representatives today, who are pro-life. And yeah. the Democrats will say, well, you know, that's the only way we can keep that, that district blue. <laughs> to which you got to say, well, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Like, if these are basically just Republicans who yeah. are playing this little game of running, you know. Yeah. But that's the Democratic Party. Well, maybe, maybe they finally realize what conservatives have realized, which is that the legislative branch doesn't actually exist, and the only thing that matters is the judiciary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all they care about is, I mean, the people who run the Democratic Campaign Committee, right? So the DCCC, for example. It's people keeping their jobs, you know? Yeah. It's like, listen, uh, because there there are those pro-life Democrats in the House, Nancy Pelosi is Speaker of the House. I mean, it's just about people keeping their jobs. That's to the extent to which Democratic Party is even a party. Okay? Like, it's not. It's not really. It's it's just, not as the Republican Party, really, but, but they don't. There's nothing they all believe in. Oh, I'm just so I was just so disgusted with uh, Jenny caving on all that. Yeah, it's like you've said about Obama. I mean, they're gonna call you a socialist no matter what. Like, why do you keep moving to the right? Yeah, so it's all those things in the why? answer is all those things in combination. Well, exa- exactly. I know it's, it's just it's ultimately frust- it's she is a conservative who thinks she's a manager. Yeah, who also has terrible political instincts. And those aren't contradictory. Yeah. Because ultimately, even though she is advancing the law and order conservatism she truly believes in her heart, at the end of the day, the trajectory, and it may not apply here, but the trajectory often is then why not, they'd want to just vote for a Republican, you know? Mm -hmm. That, it doesn't really apply here because there isn't that kind of part. Just Republicans just have no power in the city. Yeah. So it's not a, a party thing, really, but someone more conservative, a more conservative mayor may win next time around. Like, just yeah. think this through. So, if Eric's right, yeah, uh, we talk about this in our special Patreon-only drop, but if Eric Johnson of Como is right and that a sleeping giant has been awakened, if that's true and that that has electoral consequences, it's not going to be a Republican elected. That's not even on the agenda. Right. But Jenny may find herself running against a much more conservative opponent Mm -hmm. who is ultimately saying things that she has backed up, who's running on stuff like this, this, the points in this Como doc, that Jenny won't have a leg to stand against because she will have implicitly or explicitly endorsed the same fucking thinking. And will have to try and, and cut a... Like a nuanced line between the like I know, but but I am slightly less. I agree with all the same premises. Yeah. I agree all our problems are the same. I agree all the causes are the same, but I'm just the I'm I am more reasonable. And it's like what that's not any that's not a way to communicate to people or win an election. So that is one possible outcome of the ineptitude of a Democrat like. Jenny Durkin is, she gets beat next time by a law and order, real, like, fire-breathing law and order shithead. Yeah, that seems all too possible. Okay, well, I think we've uh, kicked poor Jenny 
enough for one one episode but i thought we could maybe examine no city council for old men um before you start the clock could you stop it for a second it's real discouraging to come up here and see all the heads down it's it's like you're on a two-minute timer here so let's go He's like, oh. I'm not following you. <laughs> You're on a two-minute timer. Could you start it over, please? No, we're not going to. Just go ahead. <laughs> what a fucking so loser. Acid. People look up and give me their attention. Sir, you have two minutes. We're all looking at you. You have two minutes. What a now petulant you have a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. moron. Okay, well, I guess I won't be able to say it. Um, <laughs> I guess you didn't you think this out and, uh, very well. <laughs> this kind of goes to the heart of what I was going to talk about, which was mm. the state of our democracy. Yes, the state of our democracy. Oh, let's end it there because I don't want to hear anything else this man says. Um, this, like, I, you can tell that. I mean, there are Birkenstocks behind that um, lectern or whatever, right? Yeah, underneath. Uh, so, okay, you had to explain to me how all the rounds, the machinations, this went through. Yeah, it touched a lot of lives. Oh wait, we do got to hear the one part though. Limited speakers because the number of speakers to one minute each, but you allowed. Uh... Amila Jayapal to speak as long as she wanted to. It was four or five minutes. And it Did the congressperson? Uh, yes. George Orwell's famous <laughs> saying from Animal Farm about how all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that rules so hard. Damn. Oh, that is some biting criticism from the peanut gallery. Owned. You had to explain this to me, but this like blew up. Okay, so it's just a thing that right wing media was able to make hay out of seattle anti-council media which is the way like the right wing sort of is uh selling their shit in this town right now this landed right after seattle was dying i think so it was kind of this yeah ground this swell so this is like yeah but what it is this the swell was up this is nothing but the swell was up so it's like when like an F-list celebrity dies after someone, like, actually famous dies, <laughs> yeah. and somehow, like, it's news, and you're like, no, we don't, just because we were all talking about yeah. someone we cared about dying for three days <laughs> doesn't mean this, mat- and it just needed to be a headline even on for clickbait. Like, yeah, yeah. This this isn't even clickbait, this guy. Um, no, it, it sucks. Okay, so who, so lots of people Tons use of people. this, what, so Brandy this was Cruz again. By Brandy, yeah, Brandy's had quite a week. Jason Rance. Jason Rance would run with it. Saul ran with it. Dory. Oh had my this God! Guy Even on. Saul Spady. Oh fuck. Yeah, Saul Spady was one of the first. Uh, he had a personal apology from Mayor Durkin. From- so, so this again. They just ca- they just cave. Yes. Mayor she- Durkin apologizes. Not- she's not even on the city council. That's a no. different branch of our government. No. This is where we are. She's like, oh man, yeah, you're right. He's mad there because there were all looking down at, pay- at yeah. stuff in front of them. Yeah, so if you haven't seen the video, there's like maybe 10, no, not even 10 seconds, like five seconds where you can see the council, and Shama and Michael Bryan maybe are on their phone, and Deborah Juarez is the one speaking, I believe. And then it just cuts back to him to the podium, and you never really see the council again. So... In that context, it looks like they're on their phone, but he hasn't even really begun to say anything yet. Yeah. And then he starts this uh, 
grandstanding of it's like is a, there no civility it, it's like a comedian who like starts berating the audience for not laughing <laughs> yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah yeah god, like, you guys just don't get how funny i am oh my god this is so stupid but of course they're like oh the council has no respect for the citizens or yes. or hearing the voices of the unheard right again this guy was just talking about like bikes go too fast which what? 100% just shut the fuck up. No one cares. I don't care if that is even a problem. Just, that doesn't matter. No one, they, you don't need to say that. Just shut the fuck up. Bikes go, he's talking about, like, bikes on, like, On the West Lake, West Lake yeah. where there are cars. Yeah, there are cars. So, he, yeah, he, he okay. was talking about the West Lake uh, track, I think is what it's called, which is bikes only, or it's adjacent to streets. Um, but heavy pedestrian traffic there too, because it's oh. like Mohai and and there's the video. Yeah, there's that, a vi- so this after this they took him out there. Somebody took him out there before this. Oh. These comments, I believe, I oh. saw. I was trying to track this down before the show. So it's he does like a he's like trying to cross a Westlake, crosswalk through yeah. this bike lane at like China Harbor or something. If you know yeah. where that is, yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't cross the street right yeah. now because bikes are whipping by. <laughs> yeah. And he does a, he's like, oh, look, yeah. see, I can't. And yeah. it's like, it's, um again, to bring it back, it's like Harvey Milk stepping in the dark dog shit, you know? It's, yes. It's yeah. like, look, see, bikes cross my path. I can't, liter- I can't cross the street. Okay, here's the thing. It is a farce, right? This was oh, all, what all, like, the conservatives were up. They're like, oh, yeah. the city council... You know, well, so they they took issue with uh, Council Member Juarez's tone. They said they were that she was rude and that it that he was very civil and polite. Which, in honestly, that's some passive aggressive. Oh like, my god! Yeah, grandstanding bullshit. And if you can't see that, then that's pretty disingenuous. Well, of course, you, I mean, it's it's this is all in bad faith, Yo, including this guy completely himself. bad faith. But listen, okay. And then they're like, right, this is a farce, you know, mm-hmm. the city council has no respect for these people. The, the uh, public comment, comment is, is a joke. Yeah. It is a joke. It's stupid. The way we have it set up, and this is in a lot of America, it is a performative bit of nonsense to add some extra flavor to what we think of as our democracy. But we know this is not a democracy because people do not have power. <laughs> But we have yeah. things like casting ballots <laughs> yeah. that have some minimal effect or none at all on the actual power people have. This is something liberals won't talk about. Yeah. Power. And then we add some frills onto it like public comment um, and, and sunshine laws, which I'm also critical of. As currently constituted, it is a performative farce. And look at the way this is set up. A large portion of the council has to actually be there listening to this shit. I think they're all there, but again, you only see a little... To take up, like, how many, how much, how many hours of their time for this performative thing? Now, like, when actual council business is being done, people, like, disrupting that and shouting, that's actually cool. But this (laughs) bullshit of just, like, people come up and say you're two minutes, it's ceremonial. It is bullshit. Look, those people are trying to get fucking work done there. If you got up and were even halfway charismatic or said anything fucking interesting and not just a doddering old man, like, rambling on about fucking nothing. An Orwell book you read 40 years ago. God, what an idiot. Or that you teach. They'd probably pay attention, but also, like, think of the indignity and the built-in undermining of our process in the council person herself having to mediate this shit, having to run this, you know? Yeah. 
When it's only a seven-person... Wait, seven or nine? nine. It's nine. Nine-person yeah. legislative body to delegate to one of those people the need to gavel a public hearing that attracts just weirdos and nuts like this and a lot of people in bad faith coming to grandstand it doesn't work it's it is stupid we need other things that give people power and a voice but it's like the the problem is that a guy like this like he just came there to point out that some small thing he could have tweeted at s dot you know and would have had the same level of impact like if they needed to know that a citizen was concerned about this particular traffic safety issue yeah like that that's a more effective way to do that. But he really came there to be so performed for. He wanted them to perform democracy for him. Yeah. And everyone's long bored with that because it's obviously stupid. Okay, yeah, this has been Seattle Sucks. Thank you for joining us. We have three new pat- patrons on Patreon that we would like to acknowledge. Um, thank you, first and foremost, thank you so much for supporting us. Ava Giselle, Roy Zuniga, and Peyton Smith, thank you so much. If you'd like to be cool like them and hear uh, a, our sort of new weekly rundown. Um, Don't say weekly. You cannot promise to okay. these people. Our there rundown. is exclusive content on yeah. Patreon that you can only get by subscribing to our channel at the price of a Starbucks latte n- nearest your home. Yeah, current market price. Uh, and you can find us on Patreon if you'd like to do that at Seattle Sucks Podcast, I believe. Um, yeah, it helps. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Uh, you have anything to say? No, we're done. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.